So Matthew chapter 7, we'll start reading to verse 21. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So I'll finish up our reading there again. This is, uh, this is Jesus wrapping up uh, uh, what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. But he begins this, uh, this passage of scripture with not everyone that saith unto me, unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So uh, Jesus, uh, again, before before he began this uh, this passage, really it's a sub-passage of scripture because the passage itself begins at verse 15, uh, talking about false prophets. But uh, uh, as I said, he goes from false prophets, those uh, those that are, that are preaching wrong, those that are teaching wrong, he goes from them into those that are professing wrongly, those that are professing a faith in Jesus Christ, those are, that are professing a relationship with Jesus Christ, but they do not have the faith uh, to, to do such. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Folks, Jesus makes it very plain that those that are, uh, those that are in this life, uh, not only in the time that he was preaching here on the, uh, at the Sermon on the Mount. But folks, it applies to people right now in 2021. It'll apply to people next year in 2022. And it'll apply to people in 21-22 if the Lord allows the world to continue that long. But he says that not everyone that comes to him saying, Lord, Lord, shall enter in. It is only those that do the will of the the Father. Folks, that tells me that even though someone may attend church for 30 or 40 years, they may say the Lord's Prayer over and over. They may have it memorized. They may know more scripture than you do or that I do. If they are not, when they go outside the doors of the church, if they are not doing the will of the Father, if they are not living lives that are in co coordinates with the will of the Father. Folks, they are not a child of the Father. They are not saved by the grace of God. They are not washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. They are not a brother or a sister in Christ. If they are not doing the will of the Father, that's not my words. That's the 
So if we don't like it, we need to look toward him and not toward the preacher and not toward the teacher that's just telling you what the Bible is saying. He says, it is those that do the will of the Father. Those are the ones that will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Those are the ones that will enter into glory. Those are the ones that when this life is over, will ascend upward instead of descend downward into hell. It is only those that do the will of the Father that get to heaven that are saved, that have been saved, washed, cleansed in the blood of the Lamb. It is only those that perform the will of the Father. And no one else that does that. What is the will of the Father? Jesus Christ came to perform the will of the Father. Did he not? He came here. Hey, listen, he came here to be born. He came here to have his ministry. But folks, ultimately, he came here to suffer and to bleed and to die for your sin, to make a way to the Father. That was the will of the Father that he do that. We have been cut off. We have been cast out. We have been cursed by the Father back in the garden. And the only way down from underneath that curse was by a perfect sacrifice. Jesus Christ himself made that perfect sacrifice. The book of Hebrews tells us that once, once and for all, he entered into the holy place. He presented the blood of a perfect sacrifice. That was the will of the Father. I can't perform that will. Only He could. What can I do with that will? I can accept it when it's offered unto me. I can accept the will of the Father. I can accept the sacrifice, which was the will of the Father. There's too many people in churches all over the area, all over the state, all over our country, and all over the world. There are too many that have memorized Scripture. There are too many that dress the part. There are too many that act the part. They sing the part, but they are not of the family of God. They go and they recite the Lord's Prayer. What is that Lord's Prayer? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's part of it. That's about half of it. What we just recited. Folks, when they say those words, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. But they go out here, they say those words, they profess those words, but they go out into the world once they leave the church doors and they don't practice the will of the Father. They don't practice like they've accepted the will of the Father. The will of the Father, hey folks, we know from the, from Peter's writings, we know that it's not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If it is not His will that any should perish, it must be his will that all be saved but it ain't gonna happen it hasn't happened but folks the will of the father Jesus Christ performed that will when we say that will be done in earth as it is in heaven folks it ain't talking about going down to the center of the earth what are you made out of I'm made out of earth you're made out of earth our original mother and father Adam and Eve in the garden they were made out of earth Adam was made out of the earth and Eve was made out of his rib every one of us hey if you break us down you're made out of nothing but things that come from the earth we have magnesium we have have iron, we have sulfate, we have all of these things that are derived from the earth. Hey, folks, when it says that will be done in earth as it is in heaven, 
glory in heaven, but it needs to be done here. That will be done in earth. In earth. Folks, it's talking future tense there. It's talking present to future. That will be done in earth. As it is, that's only present. As it is in heaven. It's done perfectly in heaven. Everything the Father does is done perfectly. His will is done perfectly. His will as far as the sacrifice for our sin was done perfectly. Folks, the plan of salvation, it was planned out perfectly by a perfect God that I worship. And folks, let me tell you, these folks that go unto Jesus Christ and say unto Him, Lord, Lord, hey, they go unto Him. He says, not everybody that does this thing, not everyone's going to enter in to that kingdom but it goes on to say in the scripture Lord haven't we cast out devils in your name haven't we performed wonderful works in your name that tells me hey miracles can be worked by the unsaved by the ungodly by those that do not know God but they profess his name they profess the name of Jesus they said we've done these things in your name we did these things in the name of Jesus Christ folks that's a sorry picture that Jesus is painting here it's a sorry picture of that day in that day when these things happen that day of judgment it's a sorry picture of people defending themselves by what they thought was right by what they thought was the will of God by what they thought God wanted them to do folks the Bible plainly tells us what to do. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord with our mouth and we believe in our heart that God hath raised Him from the dead. That is the way unto salvation and no other way. And it's through His blood. And it's through His blood. Folks, I believe God raised Him from the dead. I don't know about any of you, but I believe it. I didn't see it happen. I've never been over there and saw it, saw the empty tomb. I don't have to go over there and see that empty tomb for it to solidify my faith. Folks, I know what the Holy Ghost showed me one day when it came to me where I was at. Lost in my rotten sin. Lost in my blackness. Lost in my filthiness. The Holy Ghost came and showed me you've been wrong all your life about this thing. I'm here to show you the truth, show you what's right, and it's up to you what you do with it. That was the will of the Father. Let the Holy Ghost come. Let the Holy... What did Jesus tell the disciples over in the Gospel of John? He said, when the Holy Ghost comes, what's it going to do? It's going to reprove. It's going to reprove the world of sin. It'll reprove the world of righteousness. It's going to reprove. In other words, it's going to show. It's going to show some. It's going to show truth unto everybody, folks. And that don't just stop with the lost. That continues on with the saved. It continues to reprove sin. It continues to reprove righteousness. It continues to do these things. Everything that Jesus Christ said that it would do, the Holy Ghost does when it reproves you of your sin. Repent of that sin. That is the will of the Father. Amen. Folks, it's a scary thought. It's a scary thought. Not everyone. Jesus says not everyone. In other words, there's going to be more than one come to him in that day. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. It's very plain. He that doeth the will of my Father. Folks, listen, don't take the will of the Father 
Don't go all the way back to the Old Testament with that. Don't go all the way back to Exodus 20. Don't say I've got to keep those Ten Commandments. Don't say I've got to do these. Don't say that I've got to take the law and I've got to have it between my eyes, like frontlets between my eyes, and I've got to bind it to my hand and to my arm. Don't go, don't go with that. What did Jesus Christ say when he was asked the question, What's the greatest commandment? He said, To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy strength, and all thy spirit, and to love thy neighbor as thyself. That is the will of God. That's the will of the Father. Jesus Christ said that was the greatest commandment. Commandments given. And if you consider those two, that wraps up the other ten all in Scripture. And not only does it wrap up those ten commandments that we hold up so high, and we should, folks, that's the Word of God. That's the word of God. But you listen to me. When Moses come down off of Mount Sinai, he and he, he descended, he presented the law of God to those people, to God's people, not the not the heathens and not the pagans. He presented them to God's people when he got down there. That was the will of the Father for that time and for that people. And there was a purpose for that to show them that they needed God to get through that wilderness. They needed God to get to the promised land. They needed God for the manna. They needed God for the water because they were sinful people. Amen. And that wasn't just for the Jews. Yeah. Paul goes on to explain it over in the New Testament yeah. when he explains to the church at Galatia that the law was our schoolmaster. Hey, that law shows us that we're sin. He told the church at Rome in his letter to the Roman church, he said, <clears throat> he said that the law did nothing more but show us that we were sinners and it pointed us to God, pointed us to Jesus Christ, showing us that we needed a Savior. That's all the good the law does. Don't say, I've got to perform. I've got to keep those Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Folks, Jesus Christ kept them. He kept them for you. And He kept them for me. He kept them that He could be that perfect sacrifice. Mm -hmm. He kept them that He could be the unblemished sacrifice. That He could be the unspotted Lamb of God. He kept those commandments to be that ultimate sacrifice. So, when we say, I've got to do the will of the Father. Folks, that's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the will of the Father. Jesus, people say, I don't know what God wants in my life. God wants you to have Jesus Christ. I don't know which way God wants me to go. He wants you to go toward Jesus Christ. I don't know what God wants me to do in this situation or that circumstance. God wants you to consult His face and the face of Jesus Christ. That's the will of the Father. How much more simple can it be? But we complicate it. We complicate it. These folks that Christ is talking about here in Matthew 7, they complicated. They were dependent on themselves, yeah. dependent on their own works. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, folks, <clears throat> we can argue all day long. We can argue until we're blue in the face whether or not a person of God can work miracles or not. Back in the days before Israel came up out of Egypt, when Moses was going before Pharaoh, Aaron threw his rod down. What the magicians do? What Pharaoh's magicians and sorcerers do? They threw theirs down too. And theirs became snakes as well. That didn't make them saved. That didn't make them men of God. That didn't mean anything. Folks, you read over in the first or in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Hey, that's the great love chapter. That's the great charity chapter in Scripture. But Paul says himself, he says, though I have faith to remove mountains and I have not charity I am nothing hey if we have these wonderful works about us if we have gifts 
gifts about us. If we have anything and have not charity or love, we are nothing. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men and the tongues of angels and have not charity, I'm becoming the sound of tinkling uh, 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 brass and a tinkling cymbal. Yeah. Folks, that means he was worth nothing. Even though he had these gifts, even though he could work these wonderful works, even though he could do these things, if he had not charity, mm -hmm. folks, he, he didn't have anything. What does John say over in 1 John? God is love. Yeah. God is love. Whether we like it or not. And you know what? We love God because He first loved us. Don't you, don't you feed me this bunch of baloney of how you come to God because you loved Him so much. You hated God's guts. You hated the church's guts. You hated the gospel's guts. Before God, before you ever came to God, the only reason you ever came to God, if you did, is because God came to where you were first. God is love. God is love. We love him because he first loved us. Do we love God? If we love God, watch Jesus say, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. If you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, that's the will of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. that we keep his commandments. What's his commandments? To love God and to love our neighbor. Mm -hmm. love, our, love God and love our neighbor. Folks, in that, Jesus said it himself. This ain't Spencer. Jesus said it himself. He said, in that is the law and the prophets. That, that's the entire Old Testament wrapped up in those two things. Love God and love your neighbor. These folks here that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 7, they didn't have love. They couldn't have had love. They were doing it for their, for, for their own clout. They were doing it for somebody to pat them on the back. They were doing it so people would recognize them. They were doing it for the wrong reasons. It was not the will of God. Could not have been the will of God. Yeah. These people that Jesus is talking about. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name we cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Folks, I ain't got the greatest education on the planet, but I know what the word never means. Yeah. He says, I never knew you. He doesn't say, I knew you 20 years ago, and now I don't know you. He doesn't say, I knew you 10 years ago, and now I don't. These are people that have never had saving faith. These are people that Christ is talking about here that have never been saved. They've never been washed in the blood. I never knew you means I never knew you. There are no ifs, no ands, and no buts about it. You can read it in the English translation. You read it in the original Greek. It all says the same thing. I never knew you. And Jesus Christ will look at them one day and say, I don't care what works you perform, what songs you sing, how many people you heal, how many people you pray for. I don't care about any of this. I never knew you. Man. That's sad words. Yeah. That's sad words that we read in Scripture, quite possibly the saddest words in all of Scripture. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, for I never knew you. That's sad, sad words. Yeah. Jesus goes on. He goes on. He says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. 
Now pay attention here. I know how this is normally taught and how it's normally preached, and I've taught it and preached it the same way. Jesus Christ is that rock, yeah. and he is. He is, praise God. Hey, the New Testament refers him to the rock. Over in the Old Testament, we see God being referred to as a rock and a fortress and all kinds of other things. And he is, he is that rock. But folks, that word therefore means something. That that, that little sub-passage of Scripture begins with. It means you go back to what I just said. Go back to what I just said. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Therefore, consider everything I've just told you. Consider what I've said about the false prophets, which we did not read beginning at verse 15. But consider what I've said about these false professors of my name. Consider these things. And, and then consider that whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, not just what he said about the false prophets and the false professors but what he said beginning at chapter 5 at the beginning of the very at the very beginning of the sermon on the mount whoever takes heed to these sayings of Jesus Christ who pays attention to who practices them listen to the word practice the word if we are not practicing we are not saved take heed to that take heed to that therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. I said, I know most times when this is taught, preached, when it's brought up, people say, build your house on Jesus. Build your house on Jesus. And that's right. I ain't going to take away from that at all. I ain't take away from that at all. I encourage you, build your house on Jesus. But who's building that house? Jesus says himself. He, he, me, you, everybody. He who builds his house. That's me, that's you. What are we building it on? Are we building it on empty professions? Or are we, are we building it on something more solid? Are we digging down below the sand? to find the rock. Folks, mo most times in sandy regions, you don't have to dig down too far. You, you might have to dig down a few feet, but as compared to a few meters, that ain't very far. You don't have to dig down too far to find rock, to find something solid on sand. You don't have to. Jesus here is saying, therefore, therefore, whosoever, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them. So who is he talking about before? He's talking about those that hear the sayings, they hear the preaching, they hear the word going out, they hear the teaching, but they are not doing them. They are not practicing them. That's who Christ is talking about here. <clears throat> and do it them. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And then he talks about the storm. Orville brought up storms three or four times in his lessons this lesson this morning. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Somebody built the house, but it's not the house that they built. It ain't even what they built the house of. It was the foundation that the house was laid on, that, that it stood fast, that uh, caused it to stand still, that caused it 
to withstand the storm. Folks, and it goes on, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be uh, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Folks, read verse 25 and read verse 27. You'll see a description of the exact same storm. You'll see a description of the rain descending and the winds blowing and how it all beat upon that house. Those, boy, the people that Jesus Christ is talking about here are those that are professing faith, but they have no faith. If they built their house upon that sand, hey, when those storms come, when the storms of doubt come in your life, when the storms of sickness come in your life, when death comes into the family, when disease comes in, when hardships come in, your house will fall if you have no faith. But those of us that have faith that have built it upon the rock, regardless of what we built it with, the foundation is what matters. That house will stand. That house will continue on. The one that is built upon the sand no deeper than the surface is the one that falls. On the surface, yeah. a lot of people are Christians that aren't, that aren't really. On the surface, because they're making these professions. They're making the profession of Jesus Christ. They're making the profession. And a lot of them, God help, God help, a lot of them truly think that they're saved. A lot of them truly think that they are all right, but they've never had that experience that counts. They're depending on their own works. They're depending on their own profession. They're depending on all these things. A lot of them, and a lot of them depend on these things because the preacher 30 and 40 and 50 years ago told them that's what they needed to depend on, and they've got that ingrained in their mind. They think that they're all right, and they are not. If you ain't had an experience with the Holy Ghost, if the Holy Ghost has never drawn you, and you got saved as the Holy Ghost was drawn, I can assure you, per the scriptures, you are not saved. You might think you are. You might think that you have the good works. You might have some good works. You might have wonderful works as these people here described them to Jesus Christ. You might cast out devils. And you might use the name of Jesus Christ to do it. But that does not mean a hill of beans when it comes down to the end of the matter. When it comes down to the end, did we have faith that saved or did we have an empty profession? Did we have surplus faith or was our, was our faith deep? Was it deep enough to get the job done, folks? <clears throat> I ain't saying you got to work harder for your <laughs> salvation. I didn't have to work a bit for mine. And you didn't either if you saved. None of us had to work for our salvation. Christ done all the work on the cross at Calvary. God's salvation is of the Lord and the Lord is salvation. It is all completely and totally of God. I had nothing to do with it. Like I said, I was not seeking God and you were not seeking God either. You might have spent years in a church. That doesn't mean you were seeking God. When, when God saved your soul, it's because God came seeking you. God knows the right time, God knows the right way, and God knows the right tool, the Holy Ghost. He yeah. knows how to do this thing. He designed it all himself. The ones that get into heaven, the ones that get in, those are the ones that have gotten in by God's way. Those are the ones that have gotten in by his plan, by his salvation. The ones that Jesus Christ is talking about here, not only in the false professions in the verses before this, 
but also in this parable that he speaks about the, 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 the two builders. Not even the two houses. He doesn't say anything about the houses being built differently. He doesn't say anything different about the storms. It's the people who built them. It's the people who built them. That's what was different. And the foundations that they were laid on. Those are the differences in those. The houses were basically the same. The storms were basically the same. Folks, when bad times come in our life, does it cause us to back up on our faith? Now listen, there's a difference between backing up and from completely losing your faith. You completely lose your faith, you never had it to begin with. Uh -uh. Praise God. But backing up on your faith, I've done it. And you've done it. Everybody in here is saved and born again. We've all backed up on our faith. We've all said, well, I've been praying for X amount of time uh, for this to happen. And now this has happened in my life, which put, puts a complete wrench in my plans for the thing I've been praying for for 20 years. What's God thinking? And that causes us to back up on our faith when that happens. Yeah. Never thinking that God is up on high. God sees the entire world. Yeah. He sees what's in the future. He knows what's happening 10 years from now. He knows what's happening 10 days, 10 minutes, 10 hours from now. God knows what's in the future. And when something like that happens, it should not cause us to back up on our faith. And it does. It does it to me and it does it to you. It should cause us, though, to have that much more faith in our Maker and in our Savior than it does to begin with. God, you must not have wanted me to have that for a purpose. And your purpose is much more greater than any purpose I could have ever had for myself. That's the kind of faith that we, me included, should have. Amen. The rain descended and the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Great was the fall of it. <clears throat> Why was it so great? He's not saying that in a positive manner. <clears throat> He says, this storm came, whatever it was, whatever came into this person's life that built this house, whatever that storm was, and it could have been a barrage of different things, but when it came, their faith went out the window yeah. and because their faith was superficial. Their faith was surface deep. Not, it wasn't deep. It wasn't where it should have been. And therefore, when the house fell, the fall of it was great. Folks, it's so great that it's, it's, it's condemnation what Jesus is talking about. Remember he says in that day therefore whosoever uh, I'm sorry uh, the, the beginning of the passage that we started reading is talking about that day it will be the day of judgment that he's talking about here <clears throat> in all of this. And it says and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings the people were astonished at his doctrine. Why were they astonished? Well, it goes on to tell us, for he taught them as one having authority and yeah. not as the scribes. Taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. How did the scribes teach? Not with much authority. No. What did the scribes do? And the Pharisees did it too. When they would cite something, mm -hmm. they would say, well, Rabbi so-and-so said this. And it could have been a rabbi that lived 100 years before, 200 years before. Mm -hmm. Or it could, it, it could just be, well, David said this in the Psalms. Again, citing another man. Citing someone other than God. But Jesus, what's Jesus tell people? Not just here, but over and over and over. He says, I say unto you. He mm -hmm. says, I say unto you. I am telling you these things. This ain't something that David said. 
This ain't something that Rabbi so-and-so said two or three hundred years ago. I say unto you these things. That's the authority that Jesus Christ was using when he, when he was speaking about these false prophets. And when he's speaking about the false professors, those that, that, uh, that demonstrated faith that they really didn't have. And when he spoke this parable, Jesus Christ was say, saying to these, or when he was saying these things, he was speaking with authority because he had authority. He had authority at that time. Why? Because he was God in the flesh. He had authority to tell them all of these things that he did. The people were astonished at his doctrine. Folks, people get astonished nowadays at the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, and listen, hey, the gospel still amazes me to this day. It does. But I'm talking more along the lines of some of the folks that Jesus Christ was talking about here. Lost people. They get astonished at the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're astonished that a sinless man would give up his life for them or for anyone for that matter. Hey folks, that astonishes me too. It astonishes people that, 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 that God would send his only begotten son into the world to save a bunch of wretched sinners. Hey, that amazes me too. But these people here, they were astonished I was astonished at the gospel, but folks, let me tell you, I am tickled to death that the gospel is true. I am tickled pink that the gospel, every jot and every tittle of this book, every eye and every T that's crossed, everything about it, line upon line and precept upon precept, every bit of it's true, especially the part that says, I was a wretched sinner, I deserve hell, and Jesus Christ came that I may not have to to go there. Amen. And I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. How deep is our faith, folks? How deep does our faith go? Is it superficial? Is it on the surface? Is it there with the sand? Or did we dig down? Folks, listen. Again, I ain't saying work for your salvation. I know the Bible said. I know what the Bible says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That ain't saying to work make sure you get yourself to heaven. Saying, work out your own salvation with fear and truth. Work out that which God has already given you is what it's saying. If it's your salvation, God's done give it. God has already imparted that to you. And it's not saying work to keep it either. It took God to save me. It'll take God to keep me saved. Period. Period. It'll take him to get me home one day. Folks, these are the things that astonish people, though. And to this day, it astonishes folks that they can be saved. But the ones, the ones that are the hardest to reach, it seems, are the ones that you have to convince that they're sinners. You have to convince that they've done wrong. And listen, I, truly and honestly, you and I can't convince them. Only the Holy Ghost can. Only the Holy Ghost can convince people of that. When you were out in sin and I was out in sin, I thought, now listen, I, I knew the difference between right and wrong. I knew it was wrong to go out and murder somebody. I knew it was wrong to steal. I knew those things, but the little things that we give no thought to. Like Orville talked this morning about, uh, uh, basically about gossip and about backbiting in the church. Talk, talked about a little member of our bodies called the tongue and how much damage it can do. Hey, the scripture teaches that the tongue can murder people. And uh, folks, that's something that we don't like to hear. That's something that we don't like to think about. But whether you like it or not, the scripture condemns you as a murderer if you have ever spoken bad about someone if you have ever back back been someone or if you have ever gossiped about someone you are considered to be a murderer mm -hmm. therefore all of us are guilty of that 
Because I've certainly done it. Mm -hmm. I've certainly done it. Folks, the scripture condemns us all. Oh, yeah. The scripture has concluded all under sin, is what Paul wrote to the Galatian church. It's concluded us all under sin. Jesus Christ, here in, in these few verses that we've read this morning, is explaining the, the, fault, the people who falsely believe that they were okay. Why? Because they were dependent on themselves. They were dependent on them, uh, the, the works that they were doing. They were it ain't no different than somebody out here that's, <clears throat> that's uh, feeding every homeless person that they come across, giving them clothes, uh, uh, giving them money, doing all these other things, getting to judgment day uh, one day after a while and saying, but Jesus Christ, I've done all these things. He'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. The scariest words in the scripture. Yeah. I never knew you. Jesus Christ saying that. How deep is our faith, folks? How deep is it? That's all I've got this morning. God bless you all.